into monsters because the monsters are the best, uh, um, like the, the 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 strongest archetype. Oh, I see. Yeah, I guess I never thought about it that way, for sure. Turning spells on trance into monsters. So, um, I guess like uh, a lot of people are kind of asking about like, um, you know, like uh, your journey in terms of like Yu-Gi-Oh! And so um, some people are wondering what led you to share the spreadsheet versus like hoarding it, the knowledge for yourself. Oh, um, I mean, what led me to do the spreadsheet or you want me to share it? No, they, don't, they want to know why you shared it. Oh, okay. So basically it was a bet. So I was in the WAF Discord and they were preparing for an LCS. And I was discussing on how important was uh, foolish goods in the deck. And they were all against that theory. And I was like, guys, foolish goods, uh, it's BFD. And they were like, no, it's impossible. Foolish goods, it's not VFD. Uh -huh. And then I started to make combos about how foolish goods was BFD in multiple scenarios and how it was also double BFD in multiple scenarios. And then by doing combo by combo, then I made just all the combos and I created the spreadsheet out of that. I see. Just to prove the fact I was right, because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> Well, aren't we all when it comes down to it? I feel like all pro players are a little off, and I mean that in the nicest way type of a thing. Um, is that something you would, like, continue to do? Like, give out spreadsheets and stuff like that? Um, people were asking me for other deck lists. Uh, if I find something interesting uh, or something worthy to put on a spreadsheet, I would probably do that now because I realized that you can make a fuck ton of money. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, why not? Yeah, that's cool. Like, like the first spreadsheet gave me three thousand five hundred dollars. The second, I did like two thousand. Oh my! The third one was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think like people were like pairing up and being like, "Oh, let's split it," type of a thing. So, oh, that, yeah. that's also funny. That is also why I started selling them because. I was actually I actually tried to sell the spreadsheet to the Duelist Academy, and for one hundred bucks, one hundred one hundred bucks actually, yeah. Okay. And they refused, so I was like, you know what? I can do much more than that, and then I did it. Oh, that's kind of funny. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's funny. It's like, no, we're not paying a hundred, and then you made like three thousand bucks from it. Okay, interesting. So, like, when you started Yu-Gi-Oh, were you, like, naturally good at it, or did you get better over no, time? No, I was totally trash. I was totally trash. I didn't know anything. I was, like, also my English was not the best, so the way I was reading cards was also wrong. I didn't know nothing about cards. I didn't know nothing. About, I didn't know anything about uh, rulings or, you know. It was just by me making misplays and keep playing and watching duels, uh, uh, I grated duels uh, or uh, asking questions to the I grated player who got me uh, to understand uh, deeply the game. Or watching their profiles at the time that were open and uh, arg. So, 
Yeah, I was basically taking all I could from YouTube, from uh, from Dwelling Network, the iGraten games, asking questions. Uh, why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? Uh, and, you know. Yeah, that's really interesting because I asked all the pro players about, like, the same question. Like, were you naturally good? And everyone said that they sucked really badly at the beginning. Um, yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's a common thing. Like, I don't think anyone would have started with, like, an insane skill at least. I, I mean, it's not my, it's not my case. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely people who have like rapidly improved. Like for instance, Pap, you know, got good really fast type of thing. But he also put like an insane amount of time into the game. So I think that's like an important I mean, lesson. Oh, can you hear me? Because I think my connection is going a bit bad. No, I can hear you. Yeah. You said I mean, and then you were like, can you hear me? Okay, okay, okay. So basically, Pack Pack also got um, also got the right people uh, to teach him the game. Like for example, having sessions with Jesse Cotton, like not everyone can afford that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he got coaching or if he just had like friends that helped him out, but that would certainly help. Um... Mm. I mean, Pack also involved like. Pack also invested a lot, a lot of time to get good into the game, and it for sure paid it off. Like he won an LCS, he won a YCS, he topped several LCSs. Like he did for sure. Like he took for sure the hard road. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just played Pack a couple of days ago. Um, definitely learned a lot. Plus, like I feel like he's like shown his journey, and like you've kind of watched where he was before on like Twitch and YouTube and stuff and that's been really appealing for sure. Yeah. Um so people yeah, I, was watching, I, I was watching Pack at the start I was watching Pack at the start of his streaming when he had not even twenty people in the stream. And yeah, uh, he changed a lot from the start. I I can say that. Because I'm following him since day one. Yeah, that's cool. So you must have kind of like seen the progression and stuff. Would you say he had a natural yeah. talent or would you say like it's the same thing about uh, I think work? I think I think having a natural talent it's not the same thing, but if you uh if you work on your art talent, you can be better than anyone else. But if you don't work on that and you just rely on that as a lot of good players do, at a point uh, someone which has not the same skill as you is gonna surpass you yeah absolutely I so think that's a really good i mean point. that that works for the game as it works for the real life if you have a natural talent and you don't work on that you're gonna just waste your time yeah definitely and rely on just i think yeah. so i would say pack as a natural talent because he got very fast, like he learned everything very fast, and he understood the um, mind process behind the game and how you have to think about card interactions, which is not easy, which is definitely not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know that um, people have recommended the book by, oh, what's that guy's name? Chat, uh, the one who wrote Road to King. The really big one. Uh, I would. I mean, I don't know if I should say that, but 
Uh, it's basically the copy of the book of the of an ad, of a player of Magic the Gathering. It's literally the copy of that. Oh. Now you can buy it, but I don't think right now it would make any any difference. Like it's not there is no approach to the current meta game. Like please, like no, it's it's not a thing I would suggest right now. I would suggest more to buy coaching session by, for example, good players as Coty, good players as Duelist Academy, uh, Kamal Crocs, uh, you know, the big names of the current scene, because they can teach you more, more about the current game. If you want to just have uh, a sort of a throwback uh, to the past meta games and you want to understand a bit more about the GOAT format or uh, past formats, then you can buy Road of the King, but it's just a funny read, you know. It's not something I would do it right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you have any suggestions for people who want to get better at the game? Like, what are some ways to do that? Uh, test in solo mode, and uh, when, when uh, a ban list comes up, make every deck list. Uh, you f like make every deck list you will think will be tier one or tier two and start to understand at least every combo so you can easily inter interrupt them or at least understand when to interrupt them properly mm -hmm. and uh, when you build a when you build a deck i always do that i always think about the most stupid interaction like for example uh when i was building vw i was like if this interruption well like if this interaction comes up it will be insane you know uh like for example shambu in the graveyard with the teleporting end if you banish shambu and you chain teleport you don't need to discard any end any card from the end because it will resolve as much as possible and i was like what if this interaction comes up mm -hmm. just by building the deck not by playing and i was like so you have to like you have to see every possible interaction of your deck when you build a deck. It can be stupid, it can be not reliable, but if you see that, uh, it's just one step further by making you a better player. Okay, I don't get what you said about like not having to discard because you chain emergency teleport. Uh, Shambu, uh, Shambu is uh, the, the BW trap, trap card. That like yeah. special summons from the grave. Yes. So if you do Shaman Wu and then change emergency teleport, you summon the monster. You do not discard. And you don't yeah, discard? You do not discard. But why? Because it will resolve as much as possible because of the DPS city. Oh, okay. The problem is the context. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you've been judging for a long time. Would you say judging has helped you become a better player? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Definitely, uh, because when you know the rulings, uh, you know much better how your deck works. You know, because I would never uh, come to the conclusion, for example, like like I said, Shambu wasn't discarding a guard if I wasn't, if I wasn't aware of that. Like, if I wasn't aware about the problem-solving cartex. That's why I would also suggest, for example, getting coaching session about rulings, like this tank coder is making uh, the cost 
coaching section about rulings. If you want to become very good at rulings, you should definitely ask him. He's one of the best judges I know. Yeah, Coder's great. Uh, he saved my life in a tournament. Uh, some dude was... Uh, it's not, it's not yeah. only about that. It's the fact that when you know rulings, you know better your deck. Like, the thing is, you can be... You can be a pro player and not o not knowing all the rulings, but if you know all the rulings, you j you are just better. Mm -hmm. Like you are just like you are ju you are just one step away from being being the best, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um... Like if you if you see, for example, the the YouTube video Distant Coder updated recently about people uh, if they know their decks. I don't know if you check that. Like Triff, do you know Pendulum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, recently one like for example team samurai x you know do you know this deck like you yeah. know yeah if you know your deck you're gonna just make bet the, the best possible place you know yeah definitely. i'm not saying you shouldn't know all the rulings about every interaction in the game or every card in the game but at, at least all the rulings about your deck you you should definitely do that yeah that sounds like a good idea. I know Coder's on Medify, if anyone is curious about that. I could probably book him and be like, teach me about Drytron, because I don't know if I could say I know all the rulings very well, for sure. Okay. Like um, for, for, for example, about Drytron, there is like, when you have Mobeta and you have just one material on Mobeta and you activate the uh, the Meteonis, you can, tri you can detach the material and tribute Mobeta for a 4K. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. yeah, I did that in a tournament and a guy challenged it and it was a 15 minute judge call. But eventually they said I was correct. For sure. Yeah, but but if you know like that kind of rulings, you would not know that if you don't study your deck. Yeah. And you weren't able to see that line. But if you know the rulings about all like if you know at least 90% of the rulings about your deck, uh, it makes not only you a better player, but it makes you a be able to see a lot of weird interaction you wouldn't be able to see if you didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I feel like you can capitalize on obscure rulings too, like that other people don't know. Um, if something comes up, I can't think of an example, but I feel like that could come up for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like for example, the at the time, like, there are rulings I have abused to, to win Mirror. Like, for example, if your opponent, like, in the VW Mirror, there were, like, 30... That when BFD was legal, there were only... Um, how can I say that? There were, like, small chances to win the game. Like, very small. And you needed to know everything about your deck to, to capitalize to win a Mirror. So let me like let, let let me give you some example I gave to my students when they come to. Um, when they have chuche set, and you have a chuche face up, okay. If your opponent flip chuche and you chain your face up chuche to the card to the chuche he flipped, he cannot use chuche and chain to pop your chuche. Because his continuous trap didn't resolve yet. Yeah, that makes sense. So, basically, if my opponent was trying to flip Chuche and and not using the effect right after, 
and then trying to use the effect um like after i was using my chuche it was like a very weird interaction let me let me explain it better because it's a bit confusing for the chat okay so bad so if you don't use chuche on the activation and i change something to pop your chuche like for example we both have a bot we both have a chuche face down and you flip your chuche but on activation you don't use the effect but in chain I flip my chuche, but on activation I use the effect to, to pop your chuche. You cannot chain your chuche to pop my chuche. That was a weird interaction. Another thing was like, for example, uh, if there is a bamboozing the 75 number 75 on the board, and you use prosperity, is not able to use bamboozing to negate uh, because you are not able to draw cause of prosperity. Oh, that makes sense. So you could actually capitalize on that if your opponent didn't know that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's another true. Thing that makes is, sense. Another thing is uh, uh, Kowloon City. The boost is permanent for the entire turn for PW monster, which are summoned later, which is not clear on the text, but you shouldn't know that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't say I've seen people it's, use that effect very often, but it is good to know for sure. Another thing is you cannot summon Solkin if one of the material is banished. Like, you cannot use Nyan to summon Solkin. Or you cannot summon Solkin if you have on the field Shenzhen. Okay, because it has to go to the GY. Yes, but it's not like, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not easy. Or, uh, for example, another thing is crystal wing against the crystal wing. How the damage calculation works. Who's chain link one, who's chain link two, and how it resolves. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Another thing is if you chain droplet to the activation of a VDW in your end targeting a spell trap on the board, what happens? Like, I activate Lulu on Chucha and I chain droplet sending Lulu in the graveyard, what does happen? Lulu will resolve as much as possible. You will send a card from your deck to the graveyard, but it will not summon it. That's also another weird interaction. Okay. Have you um, looked at post-bode much? Like, do you think it's gonna change the game? I think, uh, yes. Uh, there are a lot of more decks. Uh, and the meta is gonna have a lot of variety and i think it's healthy for the in my opinion the more decks are into the pool as possible tier one the best is the meta someone could say otherwise but i actually played every meta and uh, to be honest i rather prefer having more decks into the pool and being able to fight different deck lists because it's less annoying mm -hmm. instead of just having only two decks and knowing perfectly when you have to interact them because it's it it starts to be do, to become a bit you know uh, automatic and I don't want the game to be automatic I want it to be dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be really interesting to have all these new decks for sure. Uh, is there any deck you're looking forward to post vote? 
I mean, yeah, but I cannot talk about that right now because I'm gonna use it for a big event. Uh, oh, oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Shanjan, Shanjan is my favorite archetype right now. I think it's gonna be very good, and I will probably test a lot of a version of Shanjan. Okay. Fair uh, to to come up with the best one. I I already have my teammates testing for that. Unfortunately, I didn't add enough time to test for that. I will do that in the future, like soon, like very soon. Okay. What do you think of Flutteries? Okay, so... Oh, wait, sorry. I'll let you finish, but I'm curious about Flutteries. Uh, no, I, I don't like Flutteries. I ah! think it will become good uh, maybe later. Not now. Definitely not now. I don't think <laughs> it has enough engine or enough it's not about the engine actually it's more about the the play line the strategy of the deck it has a lot of issues going second like it's not fixable right now yeah cody won't let me play flunderies for our 3v3 um but that's probably the correct decision i just like birds i just think the artwork's really cute so that's why i want to play it for sure um, anyways, we were talking about why that costs so much, $300, $600. Now, the thing is, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not cheap at all. It's not made for every wallet. So, do you even afford that or you don't? Okay, Konami doesn't care about that, to be honest. Otherwise, he wouldn't create a game as Duel Links, which to build a deck you have to spend at least $300. Mm -hmm. So... Konami doesn't care about you don't having uh, the facilities to afford the deck. Yeah, I I can see that. I know I struggled when I came back. Well, before I graduated, uh, I was just broke. So like when I was playing Salomon Great, I didn't even have Signet Mining because I couldn't afford the $30 card type of a thing. And it, it makes the game really difficult. Um, it, it does, it does. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does, but there are a lot of the cheapest, like there are the cheapest decks you can, you can run, you can play uh, to be, I would say, not really competitive, but competitive enough to at least top uh, big events. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, Eldritch. Eldritch right now is not as expensive as it was at the start. Uh, a lot of cards in the engine are very cheap. And if you run it, you would you could actually make a lot of success or win some locals or some regionals. Uh, I don't know about any else, uh, any vices, but at least you would, in my opinion, top if you played correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not a very big fan of Eldritch, but I do think it's pretty good. And a lot of the prices went down because of the reprints for sure. Yes, and virtual. you're right, Minifeds, Virtual World is pretty cheap right now as well. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, VW is cheap as well, but it's still uh, the average is still one hundred to two hundred dollars, which which not everyone can afford that, you know. Uh, it's it's like we are going to in we are going in a great zone because what actually is correct? Like, how do we expect Konami to act? Are we asking Konami to not capitalize on the market they created? Mm -hmm. Like, I would not do that. 
like for example if i had the facilities to buy uh, every prosperity in the world and i was doing that i would sell it making my own mark yeah why wouldn't you do that like they are a big company they are uh, billionaires for a reason yeah definitely if you can make the money that's what they're gonna do type of thing and eventually they do have reprints like dogmatica is cheaper than it was before so shit all players are like everywhere now because we can finally afford dogmatica um but yeah i think uh i just like developed the budget um before i got sponsored and then before i lost my sponsor of like 10 bucks a week and just spent it all after like a couple months to get dry trunk cards so there's kind of ways around it. Plus the thing is that like, I started winning, like, yeah, it was just locals, but I just got all this freaking prizing. So then it became sustainable. Like, yeah, I put in a lot of money, but because I'm winning, I can sell all this crap and get the money back for sure. Zara, how did you start playing? How did I start playing? Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. I started around Dragon Rulers. I had a Gravekeeper structure deck that I played for a couple of months. And then I took a break for eight years. And then I came back during the Eternal format with my Gravekeeper's deck. And then um, I played Salomon Great, but it was too hard for me. So I quit the game. And then this January, I decided to be more competitive. So I got Invoke Shadows. It was broke-ass Shadows. I didn't have Dogmatica. But that's when I started taking it very seriously. And I started like going to tournaments all the time and... Um, I started meeting with Cody, and then I got the Drytron deck in June after I got my sponsor. Um, and then I got second place at Gamer's Choice in New York, and that's kind of when people started to, I guess, ask me why I'm called Fifth Grade Duelist. So not very long, I'm still very new, there's a lot I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good start for sure. I mean, at least talking with Cody, which is a very, uh, big name into the game uh, it's actually it's good for you for, uh, for to improve your gameplay and so on so. yeah Cody's really great I really like him um, he's been getting tougher though uh, I guess since we're doing the 3v3 together him me and Elise like he wants us to do well so he's been kind of hard on me um, our coaching sessions are now very like He's kind of grilling me, like, why why do you play this deck, and why do you think this, and why do you not understand this? And I'm like, stop it! I liked you, like, six months ago when you were real nice to me. But, I don't know, I guess okay, that's, that's how you that's <laughs> This is also another reason why I prefer spreadsheet over coaching sessions. Because I get very annoyed very fast. Like, <laughs> I get very annoyed really fast. Like, if you don't understand my concept at the start, you lost me. Okay, fair enough. I'll keep that so, in mind. So that's why. No, so that's why I really don't like to coaching people. Like I hate that. It's not. It's not something. It's something I tried in the past, uh, but uh, uh, people were too much relying on me for stupid shit, and <laughs> I just surrendered. That's fair. Type of thing. Yeah, someone asked if you plan to endorse someone and coach them to the top, but. Yeah. Um, I'm actually thinking to play the next YCS online. I'm already uh, asking my team for the cards. Okay. 
a luxury team, shout out to luxury, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm already asking uh, my team to provide me the cards to play in the next YCS. I wasn't able to play in the last YCS because I wasn't able to afford the cards in time. Mm -hmm. I will uh, most probably do that now. Yeah, I, I, and I actually have a very good basis for the next meta, and I think uh, uh, the theory of my team is a bit, uh, like, how can I say that uh, in, in a not offensive way? <laughs> but, uh, my team theory is a bit better than any other one. Uh, was that offensive? No, that was unoffensive. Oh, okay, so basically... I really think my team is in head about theorizing because they got very far into the meta game uh, and the next uh, set, which is bot. And I really think uh, if I play the next YCS, if I'm able to manage the time correctly, I will be able to top. But the my issue is actually the time uh, because I, last month I went to my first. Uh, event in real life and I wasn't able to keep a track of the time like it was a very big issue like a very very big issue because I was taking too much timing uh, too much time in shuffle cutting the deck uh, resolving my effects uh, you know it's mm -hmm. too much yeah definitely. so I will actually train myself uh, on doing that uh, and uh, with the theorizing of with the theory of my team uh, I think I can do well I'm not promising that because it's like my second event, my, my second event. So uh, I, and also it's remote dual, you know, how sketch is the remote dual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will try, I will try to play the next YCS for sure. Okay. Yeah, that'd be dope. Uh, well, I guess we wouldn't be paired against each other, but I was going to say, if you wanted to pr practice remote dueling, I would be happy to do you at any point. Oh. Uh, thank you a lot. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, also, like someone asked me if I have a channel. Uh, I do not have any YouTube, Twitch channel. Uh, I'm gonna open one after December, most probably. Because I'm waiting for my new settings. Uh, because I moved to another city and I couldn't bring uh, my computer uh, and I mean a lot of shit happened so I'm gonna get a new computer soon to be able to stream or opening a YouTube channel okay. after December. Fair enough. But I look forward to that because I don't know a lot of people have said really good things about you I think they could learn a lot from you for sure. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, I'm not entertaining as Pac as Farfa. It's a thing, like, it's a natural thing, like you were talking about. Like, how can you um, handle 1,000 people in a chat? It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And uh, I will try to do something uh, about, uh, I mean, I will to try to do something gameplay related, but I already know it's very annoying for people which not play competitive. So yeah. I'm not expecting to have a lot of people watching me. Uh, well, I will challenge that. I'll get people to watch you. I'll, I'll read you. Uh, I'll talk no. about you. <laughs> no, I, I think like, yeah, maybe competitive players don't really get that as many views as like, you know, Farfa, which is all about entertainment. 
But I think people's interest in competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is increasing. Like in my time, I became competitive and a lot of my followers are interested in becoming more competitive. And so we're ingesting the content. And I think the more better people on Twitch, the better it is for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. One second. Um, let's see. Knowledge is entertaining too. This has been really helpful. Yeah, everyone loves this interview series. Um, definitely, like, people learn a lot for sure. And we are on Spotify now as well, so that is cool. Okay, so one second, sorry. sorry. It's cool. Yeah, okay, so you're... now I can send you, I can send you actually, my sheet, uh, please don't, I, I will let you access to my sheet, but please don't open the links, uh, Okay. just to show you how I work on my stuff, okay? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, you want me to show it on, on stream? Yeah, you can show it, just don't open the links. Okay, got it. Alright guys, here is the uh the sheet okay so as you can see there are the requirements on the left and uh, the end board on the right and in between like in the there is the ending board and then the replay to how to do it uh, like correctly like the, 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 the like you can see replay and then every link attached to every combo to perform it correctly and then there are little tips uh, over the notes to let you understand how to like there are little tips do you see like versus prankits and salmon great it's yeah. always safer to end with just shen shen plus chuche plus recovery okay and then yeah and you will be able to understand this terminology after you watch the link like the first thing you have to do is just watching the link the combo like take for example the first one you can click on the first one okay click on the first one it's shen shen plus dragoon plus chucha plus recovery it's the first link yeah this one okay now uh do it fast forwards because i'm a bit slow when i perform the combo okay I tried to play this as the best as possible. This doesn't play around any Nibiru. I I already wrote the this in the notes. Uh -huh. uh, there are there are ends you can play around any Nibiru if you want. There are ends which it's better to not play around any Nibiru. Okay. Cool. Because otherwise your end board will be affected a lot. Anyways, now after you watch this, now let's go back on the sheet. Okay, we are back on the sheet. Okay. You will see uh, charge no set further, okay? After, uh, like, under Lulu plus capital, you will see charge no set further, and then Shen, Dragoon, Chuche, Recovery, okay? Now, charge no set further is the pattern you have to take to do this combo. So that means you have to go for Stardust Charge Warrior. Okay. And you don't need to have a spell or trap in hand to perform this combo. That's what does it mean. Oh, then, okay. 
Then Shen Dragoon Chuche Recovery is the end, but that means you end with Shen Shen Dragoon Chuche Face Up or Set, and the recovery is the recovery of Jij. Okay. That okay. And on the right, you will see solo M7 root. That means you have to use M7 to perform this combo. And it hard loses to Nibiru because it's a very aggressive line of play. Okay. And you will lose first one Shinglong discarding one card. So that means you will need a discard folder. Then you will draw another card after you discard with Shinglong, which, which is basically the next step. So that means it recovers the discard folder you used. And then you will discard later for Shampoo. That means you will need another discard folder. So that means you will, in total, need one discard folder. Okay. And I also put the note, this is a very aggressive line of a play. Uh, you could use against decklist like uh, Eldritch or Backrodex. Because Dragoon is very difficult to handle for Backrodex. Okay. Now, if you go on the bottom of the sheet... on the bottom okay Hold you on. will see the most uh, the the, the uh, like the yellow one the, the one marked in yellow a bit uh, like scroll a bit over like a bit up okay this no 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 a bit up there are some combos uh, uh, lying in yellow okay okay the the most important three card combos yes those one okay this explains you how to OTK going second or how to like perform your combo, like a, a general line of a play you should take when you're going second. Okay, cool. And then uh, I posted the, the re most recent deck list I'm using online, the version 1.0 and 2.0. One is the board breaker version without any entrops, and the second one has entrops inside. And then I have explained all the tips about and behind every side pattern. Oh, or wow. how to banish with the prosperity if you run a prosperity in your deck. That's like super helpful. I can see like a lot of the advantages of having a spreadsheet like this. And, and I'm selling this for $25. If you want to see the previous one, I was selling for $50. Uh, scroll uh, scroll over, like, go down, okay. like at the bottom of the sheet. Okay. Like at the very bottom, at the very bottom, the very bottom. Okay, you will see Virtual World post PLBO. Blue. Okay. If you click on the link, you will open my previous sheets. Is it okay to click it now or no? Uh, they are free. Everyone can watch them. Oh, I posted okay. them on the VW Facebook group. Everyone can access to them. Okay, cool. Awesome. Those are the 46 combos. And at the bottom, that like uh, at the bottom, there is, if you, if you lack of resources, there is a, a text line. If you lack on resources or you have banished the shampoo or chuche, you can click on the link. Oh, okay. Do you want me to and click it? it? Opens the line. Yeah, it opens the line in which if you banish with a desired shampoo or tutu, you can still combo by ending with the BFD. Oh, interesting. Wow, this is like so cool. And then this is, those are the combo without shampoo or chucha. 
and this explains a lot more in uh, deep, like a lot more deeply, uh, the side pattern, the choices, uh, why you should do this or should run this card instead of another card, and then there is the introduction to the virtual world. Uh, I don't remember where I put the introduction to the virtual world. It's on the last sheet. Um, one second. Uh, can you can you search it? It's it's or on the middle or on the top of the sheet. Oh, introduction to the virtual world. Yeah, it's on the top. It's on the top. There is a link on the top. It's right an introduction here. to the world. Yeah, oh, if cool. you click on that, it's the last link. This is basically an article I wrote about all the combos and how you can recognize every combo and how to go on. Oh, wow. And this is why I was selling it for 50 bucks. Yeah, this is actually very good. Because this would be like, if you just coached it and taught someone, it would be like hours and hours and hours. For sure. Um, that's dope. Yeah, this is basically every every possible theory behind the deck. Like, there is no way someone, like, like even though you never touched VW, if you read deeply this shit, you will learn everything about the deck. Like, there is just no way you cannot learn everything about the deck if you don't read it. Oh, that's good. Man. Yeah, this is cool. This is very cool. Thank you for showing me. Uh, would you like to have a duel now? Sure. Uh, just one second. Let me grab a piece of chocolate. I'm so angry right now. Okay. Um, I guess we'll close just out. Is there anything else you want to say or um, add or anything? Oh, basically, uh, basically, if you want to play competitive, uh, if you want to invest the money in your gameplay, you should play in the Colosseum. The Colosseum is an healthy environment I have created for all the people which likes to play for money match or high stakes. Now, the thing is, uh, how can I play money matches with someone I don't know? And will he pay me? Uh, if you play in the Colosseum, we'll, uh, we have a lot of middlemen. Like, we have nine middlemen from all the regions in the world. And... Uh, um, and we have judges, uh, we have sponsors, which will recognize you if you win a lot of money match and will sponsor you for cards or will sponsor you for play. I lot a lot of people getting sponsored for money matches of $1,000, for example. Like, oh you, don't pay every, you don't pay anything. Your sponsor will pay the money and he will ask a cut of 50, 30, 40%, depending on the sponsor. Okay, so now let me give you the introduction. Let can I post the link for the introduction to the yeah, Colosseum sure. because because one of my staff member made a video about the introduction and how to approach to the Colosseum, and it's a very healthy environment. Uh, we are uh, online science for months, and we run over ten thousand dollars money match, and oh, wow. uh, no one and no one got scammed. That's okay. that's the best thing about that. No one got scammed. And if someone was getting scammed, I paid out it from my pocket. Okay. Yeah, I did so. uh, Iron Man. Uh, we swept. Uh, our Dreadhorn deck swept. Um, I think that was in Coliseum. It was with Jib and Elise against 
don't know, some pro players. I don't know who they were. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to get more into it. I've just been trying to like get more um, confidence. Uh, I would suggest you to play because the, yeah, I would suggest you to play only if you are very confident with your deck because it's a very, very, very competitive environment. Like okay. we have, we have players uh, at the level of Ryan Yu. Uh, I mean, right now he's not playing because he got a, he took a pause. But we have levels like players of the level of Ryan Yu there, which are very strong. And if you are not confident, you would actually waste your money. But uh, if you wanna actually, like, if you wanna at least improve yourself, uh, or uh, if you wanna invest into y your skills, uh, you should probably do that. Okay, and we'll put a link to the Coliseum and the video in the comp in the uh, description for sure. Oh, thank you a lot. I really appreciate that, Zara. Well, Nash, thank you so much for playing with me and giving us your time. And stuff like that. Oh, Zara, it was a pleasure. See you next time, okay? Okay. Kiss, kiss. Bye.